evening or is it good morning? I don't know. It's a good morning. Is it good morning or good evening? It, it does not revolve around your sleep schedule. I keep telling you this. The world revolves around my sleep. <laughs> no, if it did, it wouldn't be a good world. But uh, it is a good night. You know why it's a good night? Because this is time for apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And we are live um, whether it's morning or evening, I think depends on uh, where you are right now. Maybe you're driving home from work. Maybe uh, you're just getting up and you're getting ready for work or you're just having some fun late night. And uh, we're happy that you're here and we're doing this for you guys. And I like to say this and start every show by saying the the whole reason why we do this show, at least for me, is for you guys, the listeners. Uh, I really like connecting with you guys. I like being a resource if possible. And I like hearing from you guys. So make sure if you want to give us a call throughout the evening, uh, we're going to talk about some some really fun topics tonight, some, with something that we've never talked about as far as I know. Uh, feel free to give us a call at 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-KKLA. And we really would like to hear from you. I'll do my best to keep repeating that number. I'm not always good at that because I get excited about what we're talking about, you know, and we have a guest with us. Well, we've got Eric. Eric, you're always here. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm sorry. You're not like a fixture. I feel like I just treated you like a fixture. Right. You can turn me on, turn me off. Whatever. I don't meant to objectify you. You're seen and heard. <laughs> you're valued. Dang it. Yeah, you're amazing. No, Eric's great. I'm glad to be here. But sitting across, well, kitty cornered, we have a special guest, Dr. Daniel Lee who is just an amazing, amazing man. You know, you, uh, you're gracing us with your presence tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You've been on great the show beer. before. Yeah, believe it or not, I was on the show, uh, I think looking back, it was about 16, 17 years ago, a couple of times. They kicked me off. Then I got bills. It's been so long that I'm allowed back on now. We forgot who you were. Can yeah, we get security exactly right. in here? Please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to get somebody out here. You know what's funny is actually I just thought of this now after when you said that. When you were on the show, I wasn't even a Christian yet. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. You know, so I would have listened to you and thought you guys were so stupid. And like, and actually you talked about some really great stuff before you, uh, theology of work with nice Wanger. Right. And the other topic was, I forget what you said. Uh, AIDS, AIDS in Africa. AIDS in Africa. Those are great topics. Like definitely worthy of revisiting. I think I have to ask too, you're a, a doctor doctor, right? Right. Like a medical doctor. Right. Okay. Yeah. Not like a fake doctor. Not a fake doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Like those, those guys who go and do a, you know, a, a D, a, a doctorate in ministry. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Oh, come on. I mean, everybody's got one of those, but you actually did the hard work. Uh, and now you teach. Absolutely. Which is crazy here in the LA area. Right. So you, you actually teach doctors. Yeah. I teach residents and medical students, you know, how to hopefully become great doctors. Yeah. That's so amazing. I mean, it, I'm really honored that you come in and, uh, and want to spend some time with us, to be honest with you. I feel like you're way overqualified to be hanging out with me and Eric. No way. No <laughs> way. It's like, holy smokes. And actually, you know what? We have like a really interesting topic tonight. And it's something like when you brought it up, Daniel, I honestly, I was like, what? I was kind of shaking my head. <laughs> like, what do you <laughs> talk about this for? Right. You know, so you want to talk about trees. That's and, right. And I'm talking like about the trees that we see all around us. The, they start with little seeds and they grow into big things. Some of them have fruit. Some of them don't. Some of them have nuts, you know, some of, I mean, trees is what exactly. you want to talk about. So I'm going to start that maybe conversation off and I'm going to kind of let you guide the, guide, guide the conversation. But how in the world? Okay. You could talk about anything you want. Like if you came, like we met at a Stand to Reason event, right? And it's like, you're, you're very impressive. You have credentials 
and and we could talk about anything. I mean, you could talk about the design of the human anatomy. You could talk about um, the the wonders of uh, DNA. You could talk about uh, disease and and all these things. And what you want to talk about tonight, and what you've sent us for notes, is trees. How in the world did you get interested in trees? Yeah, exactly. This is this is kind of crazy. I'd say if if you asked me this question, I'd be that I would be on the radio show talking about trees about a year ago, I would think there's no way. I mean, I'm definitely, I would not consider myself a tree hugger, um, maybe a semi uh, pseudo environmentalist, but, uh, and I love trees in the fall when the, especially on the East coast or the Northwest, when they're changing leaves and those pictures, there's this amazing. It's probably one of the few times I think about trees, but then what happened was, uh, my church, we, we don't have a pastor for the last couple of years, so we get guest speakers all the time. And this guest speaker was speaking on a topic. He, he was preaching on prayer, and he was using uh, the first couple of verses of Psalms, chapter 1, verse uh, 1 through 3. And verse 3 talks about how we should be like trees. And, and it was just in passing. It had nothing to do with his sermon, but he just happened to mention that trees are the most common uh, living thing mentioned in the Bible outside of God slash Jesus in humans. So it's number three, and, and of course you expect God and, and Jesus to be mentioned the most, and then humans. And that got me thinking, I was like, wait a minute, really? And then I started thinking, yeah, actually, it's mentioned so <laughs> much. It's mentioned a lot. And I started doing the research, and it's mentioned on the very first page of the Bible, the very last page, so many things in between. And... Uh, trees play very significant roles in the Bible. It's associated with many of the major characters, major events. And uh, then I started doing the research, and, and statistically, there's, uh, it's almost mentioned almost a thousand times. Trees are mentioned in the Bible. If the word tree or root or branch or seed or fruit, mentioned almost a thousand times in the Bible. And so that got me realizing, wow, God loves trees. We should love trees too. And I started doing the research, and uh, it got me fascinated about the topic, and I thought, wow. And so, you know, I do preach uh, sermons at, uh, at various churches, and so I was like, this is my next, <laughs> this is my next sermon topic that I want to preach on, do the research, and that's how it came about. Well, I love it. Actually, know it, and, and as, as Daniel's talking right now, okay, uh, I used to pastor at Living Oaks Church. That's where Eric currently goes. Living Oaks <laughs> Church. And you know why they called it Living Oaks? Is because... Um, the pastor's wife, when they're planting the church, thought of Psalm 1. Wow. It thought wow. Psalm 1, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. You know, and like when we think about it, mighty as an oak. Yep. You know, and like now, now that we're talking about it, it's really funny because... If you had told me a month ago that I was going to have somebody on the radio to talk about trees, I'd be like, you're absolutely insane. But now that we're talking about it, oh my gosh. Really, though, the tree, trees are mentioned everywhere in their significance. So where, where do you think we should start in this conversation right now? Where do you want, where do you want to start? I think we could start at the beginning. Uh, to start Genesis at the beginning, God's creation, God created. Uh, we, we talk about God's creation at the beginning and uh, all the different things he created. And trees, uh, they hold a special significance. He, they, they, trees are talked about very specifically many times. In fact, I think trees get, have more uh, airtime, or in this case, uh, 
papyrus time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, than, than Adam and Eve do. So uh, you, you see God makes a special distinction about how he's created the trees in the garden. And he, he and it's, it's mentioned in Genesis chapter 2 how trees were made to be pleasing for the sight. So it, it's not just for its uh, utilitarian benefits, but it's, it's pleasing for the sight for both God and humans and also for good for food. And yeah. there's many other uses, and we can talk about the literally billions of uses of trees that have been u- utilized over the over the time period. Um, and so, so you got that that time, and then of course you have two special trees that are given names: the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. So, so uh, they're, they're given special uh, like the names. two most important trees. Yeah. Right. Ever. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we could start with that that God's creation, and then and then from then on, uh, you know. If you want to talk about uh, trees throughout, I, I think, you know, from there we can talk about, if you want to talk about the, the I would say the meta narrative of the Bible, the meta narrative means the overarching story. Yeah. And you can break it down into four parts, the, the creation, then there's the fall, uh, then there's the redemption, which is really basically the rest of the Bible talks after the fall in chapter three of Genesis, the rest of the Bible is talking about how God's yeah. going to redeem the world. Yeah. yeah. And then at the very end, restoration and, and revelation. Well, trees are a major part of that. At the beginning, you got God creating trees. Yeah. And then the fall happens, and that's because Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil when they're not supposed to. They only had one tree that they could have just stayed away from. They couldn't. They couldn't help themselves. Yeah. And then, and then you got. Uh, you Come know, on. Yeah. And then you have uh, Jesus redeeming, redeeming the the sin uh, on a tree, dying on the cross. Yeah. For our sins, and then at the end, restoration uh, in Revelation, you you have that same tree of life that was at the beginning, and I, it's either resurrected or moved, trans- yeah. uh, located in front of God's throne. So God God's throne, He's He's it, it, the trees, the tree of life is there. That's what He's watching. One one of the things that you just said, uh, like just to slow things down a little bit, that really kind of like if I take this way off. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to stump you or anything here, but it just something stands out to me. Right. So so in Genesis two, now the Lord God had planted a, a garden in the east in Eden and there he put the man that he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees uh, to grow out of the ground. And then he says this and you mentioned this trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And I think that that's really interesting that that he did this intentionally, like this is part of God's design. And we're told right here, why? Well, two of the reasons are because they're pleasing to the eye, they're beautiful. And they're not just beautiful for us, but beautiful for God, right? It's just like a painter who paints the masterpiece. Like when he steps back, I've got to think, I'm not an artist, so I'm I'm just speculating here, but some of you callers might be artists. Like when you step back and you look at your, your masterpiece, sometimes I'm sure you go, wow, that's amazing. And that's, I think what God does, right? He looks at his masterpiece, and then part of that is the trees. And then like when we start talking about the beauty of trees, um, two years ago, maybe three years ago now, I, um, I speak sometimes up at a camp called Hume Lake. It's a Christian camp, uh, uh, northern, well, it's not really northern California, but it's out in, by the sequoias, the giant sequoia trees. And I went there with my daughter, my oldest daughter, Eva, and I think she was maybe 10, nine or 10 at the time. And her and I took a special trip, just just us, to go see those trees. And then this last year, I was up at Hume again, and we took the whole family. And you stand in awe of these things. And you know what was really cool? The most famous tree there is General... Yeah, General Sherman. Sherman's Sherman. tree. Yeah. 
I read a plaque there that said when that was planted, it was the time of Moses. Wow. That's when that crazy. was planted. Yeah. Which is nuts. Right. Like, I mean, and then you start looking at the beauty and the wonder of the trees and you see, you see design all over them. And then we're seeing it right here in scripture and nobody thinks of this stuff, man. Right. Like nobody's, I, I did not once. I mean, I'm thinking like, how am I going to sow this in the uh, God for my kids? Like, I'm going to be, okay, well they're beautiful. And this is an argument for God's existence, an argument from beauty, right? Right. Aesthetics. But I didn't realize that right here, we experience every day, the scriptures right here having to do with trees, yeah. which is really neat. So I'm, I'm thankful that, that we're talking about it, you know? So yeah, yeah whatever. I, what, I don't know what you have to say uh, now. I was going to say like trees are kind of like God's natural billboards pointing him. You know, you have billboards and uh, you look at them, you go, okay, that was man-made design. And trees are the natural billboards that God designed that's pointing to him, his creation. And we're looking at, 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 like you said, the artists who made these things. And there's like, I don't know how many different species of trees there are. I, I mean, I, I think I might have hit my nose, but there's <laughs> a <know>. lot. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot, and it's it's amazing um, the beauty and so on. And and God made them trees. Uh, like I said, he he has a special love for trees because he made them to be the biggest the biggest living thing there is, the tallest, the oldest, and the oldest. I mean, like you said, some of these trees were literally alive. Some trees are alive now. Uh, not only time of Moses, time of Abraham. Yeah, and there are plenty of trees that were alive. That General Sherman was alive uh, when Jesus roamed the earth 2,000 years ago. That general sermon was just a young young buck, a young, yeah, yeah, young a sequoia. <laughs> right where it was planted. That's the crazy right. thing to me. It's like... It hasn't moved. It hasn't moved. <laughs> you know, It's just like nuts. And these things, like the resilience of them is unbelievable. And you talk about design. Like this is where my mind starts to really yeah. geek out. You know, uh, you talk about the design of them. They're insulated. So those fires that rage, rage up there, they can last like... I mean, these trees can withstand like thousands of degrees. Because their, their, their bark will, like, you look at a, char, a, a tree and it's charred, and you come back the next year, and it looks like it's brand new. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second, what happened? Well, it's just because it chars the, the bark, which is meant for that purpose, to protect it from the, the elements, protect it specifically from fires, which is, like, just really cool. I mean, that's, that can't, it's not an accident, right? It didn't happen this way by accident. This is what God designed for this specific type of tree. It's not all trees, obviously. Right. Right, but this this type of tree, and then you start to think, and where kind of you were going, I think, uh, Daniel is, uh, you know, the mentioning of, of trees. I, I mean, I think in in my mind, I can think of uh, altars to the Lord being built by trees. I think Abraham built an uh, an altar to the Lord. I'll have to look all this stuff up. Uh, uh, we talked before this. Uh, um, uh, the, the Abraham was going to sacrifice his son on an altar made of wood. Wood comes from trees i count the burning bush bushes yeah, trees right for sure you know i mean uh you said the ark yep. was was built i mean m multiple arcs actually with inscription now that i'm thinking about it yeah uh were built but the most famous you know noah's ark was built by chopping down trees you know forestation i'm thinking of uh who was it i'm i'm oh man i'm blanking uh one of the things that um uh david's son solomon wanted from like the queen in the north was all the lumber they were yeah, known for the lumber. That's right. That's right. Right? I mean, this is like, you're starting to sell me on this stuff, Daniel. I'm telling you, I don't think you're as crazy as we think. There's a withering of the fig. Oh, there's, my gosh. There's some, there's some miracles with the fig, right? The... Right. Yeah. So so what we're saying here is, is that trees, they play a role in in this meta-narrative that you kind of kind of mentioned. They, but they always seem to play like a background character, right? Which is probably why I don't really pay much, too much attention to them. Yep. Um, but I mean, you just said it like in, in the name of our church, Living Oaks, right? It's a tree. It, but you don't really, I don't really think of it as a 
as a tree or a part of a story. It's just kind of yeah. A I mean, thing. we live in Thousand Oaks, dude. Live in Thousand Oaks. <laughs> like, I mean, it's That's right. Like, you know, in our in our town in our town, it's illegal to chop down trees. It's like really funny. Like you can't <laughs> chop down oak trees. They're everywhere. But you can't chop them down. If you do chop them down, you have to plant like 50 or something. And, and do five push-ups. And do five push-ups, yes, and six cartwheels. But yeah, no, that's, I mean, this stuff is like, I mean, it's obviously all new to me. And then the next thing that comes to my mind when, you, when, you're, when we're talking about this, like, I love how you sum these things up, you know, creation, fall, redemption, new creation, or restoration. Um, and then you have notes in here. Uh, the, we just celebrated something that has a, a tree. Yeah. Front and center, right? Yeah. What am I talking about? Christmas? Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I you know, know. Are those biblical, though? <laughs> yeah. That, it, that's, <laughs> always contra- that's always controversial. Like, uh, you know, even even should you have a tree uh, for Christmas, where they represent? But to me, I, 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 think it's, I think it's a good idea. I think it's pretty cool, as long as you don't obviously worship the tree. But, uh, <laughs> yes. And hopefully you're not. But there, I'm sure there are plenty of tree worshipers out there, and uh, uh, maybe uh, way beyond the tree hugger. But uh, but the, that Christmas tree should it, it, it's more than just something you put your presents under or you put decorations on lights on all right that should be a symbol it's a symbol of Christ it's a symbol of of him dying on the tree and uh, that's why you you have what they, they call them every they don't call them evergreen for nothing they're evergreen because they're it's the thought is that uh, they're green indefinitely because we will have in, uh, everlasting life yeah. for those who put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and so. So that, that Christmas tree is an awesome symbol and representation of what of Jesus coming down, being born on Christmas Day, and then subsequently living that perfect life, dying on the tree for our sins, and then rising again. And, uh, and then, of course, he's uh, living, and so is that, you know, that, that tree represents uh, life for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, I mean, this is, this is stuff that I would never, I'd never think of bringing up. You know, but like right there, you just taught me a great lesson that I could be teaching my kids, you know, the significance. Like, I mean, we spent we spend guys so much time picking out a Christmas tree. <laughs> I mean, we go to multiple lots, you know. So so I grew up in the Northeast. Right. So I grew up in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Christmas, the Christmas tree hunt for me, like it was like straight up Clark W. Griswold, man. Like It was like it was like a family event. <laughs> and it was that family event that we all rallied around. You know, we were all present. We went out in the snow. We went and we cut down our own tree most of the time. And it was huge. You know, barely fit in the house. You know, it was a big thing. And how cool if we're investing this type of time into it and that now this type of money. I mean, they're not cheap either. Right. Uh, how cool is it now to have this kind of illustration, a practical, uh, you know, picture right there in our living room of, of Christ and the, the, the life that is offered to us that's evergreen forever. Right. You know, because of that evergreen tree that's in our house. I love that. I absolutely love that, man. Um, <laughs> so, so trees, yeah, they're mentioned everywhere. I mean, you have, you have so many notes. Uh, the word tree is, is referenced 358 times in the Bible. Uh, 45 different tree species are, uh, are, are referenced. You know, the word fruit is referenced 250 times in the Bible. The word wood, 139 times. Um, and then if you include pl- plants, you know, trees are part of the plant kingdom, then we'd have uh, many, 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 many more. 45 different tree species are mentioned. This is unreal. Um, it, makes, it makes me feel like God loves trees, man. Yeah. And so do you. <laughs> I, I'm a tree lover now. So, so what would you say, what is the favorite, your favorite thing that you've learned from doing all of this research? Like what, if, like what, what is it that's, 
I mean, you kind of explained how you got into it, right? Like you're like, okay, I heard a sermon. This kind of opened my eyes to this interest. It piqued my my interest. I did some research and I was like blown away. But like, what is it that you've discovered that's kind of been like, holy smokes? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, kind of like what Eric said. It's just they, they were in the background for me. Now they're much more in the forefront. And to me, uh, this is an example of God's creation that we can look at. And for me, learning all this stuff, I look at trees a lot differently now. And I, you know, you, you don't realize how many trees you literally pass up. Obviously, you're in Thousand Oaks. You're passing up thousands of trees, and that's obviously an understatement. There's more than thousand trees, but of course, yeah, yeah. they don't want to call it. Uh, 50 million, 276 <laughs> uh, oaks, uh, you know, city. But, but, uh, but, but now when I'm driving through uh, what, whatever, um, you know, city, I'm looking at the trees and I'm, and I'm praising God for it. And, I, and, and to me, um, you, you look at God's creation a little differently. And I, I think that's my favorite part is yeah. just seeing that and recognizing I, I'm not worshiping the trees. I'm worshiping the creator, the artist, uh, the master designer of those trees, and it makes me appreciate uh, him even more. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I do. Eric, what are you thinking over there? Anything? Oh, I'm thinking. I, I, you know, we went up to we go up to Oregon uh, once a year. Uh, my my uh, in-laws live on 50 acres of property, and they've got Whoa. big, you know, giant, uh, uh, a big lot of trees. Right. Um, a lot of the trees we had to fell a tree. Um, and it was an interesting experience. It's huge. It makes a huge noise when it comes down. But um, it, are you sure? <laughs> yes, because I was there. Does it make a noise that nobody's right now? <laughs> um, but uh, that one tree will give them enough firewood for th- to go throughout the winter. So, so trees are they're they're beautiful. They they serve a purpose. We can use them for for our purpose. But I'm I'm kind of wondering, and maybe we can talk about this after the break. I'm kind of wondering if um, we take them for for granted. Um, and also, I wonder if, you know, there's a couple of things like we we just don't want a tree. That tree is not there. It, you know, that we don't want that tree in our in our yard, right? Or, or that tree's in the wrong spot. We need to go cut it down and move it. Is that? Um, I mean, did God place that tree there? And is it wrong mm. for us to think about you know? Oh boy, moving yeah. it yeah. or or killing it or getting rid of it or right. harvesting it or, or whatever. Um, yeah, there's definitely know. some th- thoughts on that. You know. Uh, we're commanded to what subdue, uh, well, Adam and Eve were, and then subsequently, I think all of us, we are commanded to be good stewards of God's creation and to subdue the earth. And so that, that gets into, yeah, should, are we allowed to, should we, you then subsequently build your house or a boat or something around a tree and don't destroy it? Um, it, it it's a good discussion. Uh, I think there's some leeway that you're, obviously you had to kill trees in order to, to survive. And I don't know how much time we have. We might be up against the clock, but I was going to say when when Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and then they were they didn't change God's economy. They were still supposed to subdue the earth, still be good stewards. And as they were multiplying, uh, and as people were spreading out, realize this. This is really interesting. There there had to be trees everywhere they went that preceded them wherever they went as they went into new area because if there are no trees they wouldn't be able to live because you would just die of heat stroke there would be no shade yeah and there would be the animals wouldn't be around because they wouldn't they wouldn't survive without trees and so you'd die of heat stroke and then in the winter time you just yeah, you'd die you freeze to death so you yeah. needed trees and you need to cut down trees for wood because before coal and electricity and natural gas were around the only thing that you could you had for warmth was wood that you had to cut down trees and then you had to build houses and shelter for that. 
and you needed wood to boil water or else you would, you know, die of dysentery. You would, you know, you needed to, to boil water. So you needed, so trees actually um, are utilized. They're, they're, they're not meant to just to live only in a sense. We are able to cut down trees and use them uh, for, our, for our good. Um, and it's, it's interesting how trees are used for us in, while they're living and also they're good for us in their death. And, and, and that's kind of like to have Jesus. Jesus uh, was uh, helpful to us, of course, when he's alive. Yeah. But he also uh, definitely uh, served the point. purpose in his death, too. And so, so I would say, yeah, so I think we have some leeway there. If there's a tree in your front yard, are you allowed to cut it down? And I think, I think yeah, I think, I think you are if it serves, you know, if, if there's a good reason to do it. Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're like I said, we're called to subdue the earth. We, right. We, we own that domain, and we, we get to make the call. Um, but, but we need to make it um, non-arbitrarily. Right. Well, this, is, uh, this is actually, th- we're, we're, and we're not going to nearly have time to talk about before the break, but after the break, I'd like to hit this up, because we're walking on the, the, the line of environmentalism. And I'd actually kind of like to, if we're able to turn that corner a little bit, because um, this, number one, comes up all the time in my conversations, especially we were talking before about how I'm, I'm, I'm on college campuses a lot, just trying to engage the student body and faculty, whoever will talk to me, I'll talk to about important issues. And this comes up a lot, actually. One of the students brought up environmentalism and trees in particular, and he's like, well, I, I'm, I'm incredibly concerned about deforestation. Do you think that's a moral issue? And I said, absolutely. And it was, I think I got the perception from his reaction. It was the first time he ever heard a Christian mm. say that. Right. You know, absolutely, I'm concerned about this. And then my response to him is, well, but I have a standard to be concerned about it for like, like I have a standard to judge right and wrong. I don't know what you're getting your standard from if you, if you don't have a God in your system. So, so you have to tell me why it's right or wrong. I, I think it is. Yes. But I think as, as we talk about the, the, the trees and their importance, I mean, you literally have a list here of a dozen things that trees do for us, which is the first thing I think we should hit up after the break because they're valuable. These things, this is, this is something that God's given to us. We, we aren't making a stretch here and we're also not being weird with our, we're not saying like this and that tree symbolize whatever, you know, right, right. so we're not stretching the scripture or anything. We're just pointing out something. And this is why I think the main thrust for the first half hour, and then you guys can take it into the break and maybe think about it, is that um, that trees are important. There's something that's mentioned in scripture an awful lot. They might It might be worth our time to maybe uh, reimagine what our perception of trees are in light of the scriptures and the truth of that's been revealed to us through it. So anyways, uh, this is this has been a great half hour. First first half hour done. We've got another one coming up in like 90 seconds. It's apologetics.com radio. We'll be back. Apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to apologetics.com and click donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting apologetics.com. 
Donna Rush here. Make 2023 the year of better life and better health. Join me at the 9th Annual KKLA Health Fair and Lifestyle Expo, Saturday, January 28th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at First Church of the Nazarene in Pasadena. Brought to you by City of Hope and Regal Medical. It's fun and educational for the whole family, from toddlers to seniors. We'll have no-cost health screenings, informative health seminars and workshops, wellness, health, and beauty demos, fitness demonstrations, diet and exercise tips, and great giveaways like dinners, gift cards, and more. So bring your family and friends and join me Saturday, January 28th for our 9th Annual KKLA Health Fair and Lifestyle Expo, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at First Church of the Nazarene in Pasadena. And the best part? It's all free. For details, go to kkla.com and click on the Health Fair banner. Sponsored in part by Dr. Zadeh, Era Life Care, and Grossman Byrne Foundation. Pastors, growing churches all across the Southland are using digital and broadcast media to expand their outreach to their communities. Today's digital technology, complemented by history's most influential medium, radio, allows you to do the same, to go beyond your church's walls. It's happening here on KKLA. 38% of our audience is unsaved. 50 to 60,000 are unchurched, maybe looking for a church. And more of our listeners are shut-ins, elderly and disabled who cannot get to a church. We've helped many ministries start and grow their broadcast ministry. Some are heard nationally. And we can help you use digital and audio to reach beyond your walls. Call our Director of Local Programming, Terry Harris, at 714-847-6762. 714-847-6762. You have a message of hope. We have hundreds of thousands of listeners looking for hope and answers. Call Terry at 714-847-6762. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. And just like that, Apologetics.com radio is back. Just like that. It's like magic. It's like magic. It's like 60, not the bad magic, but the good magic. You know, the fun magic. Not like the, uh, not, the sorcerer, not the sorcery, but you know, like the illusionist. We travel the country with an illusionist at our reality conferences. You do? Did you come to the reality yeah, conference, I did. Daniel? It was funny. It was good. He's good, right? I, I dabble a little yeah. bit of magic myself, and uh, I'm I'm real. I'm not very good at it, but like yeah. card stuff. Yeah, yeah, cards and stuff like that. Dude, uh, that's little, so awesome. Yeah, little sleight of hand stuff, but not not much, but just enough to you know. I mean, nobody's going to ask me to, to do that at their birthday parties, okay? I'm yeah, not going to yeah, make a living yeah. out of it, but, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's a good bar little, trick, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, the, yeah. uh, so my, my family one year, this has nothing about to do about trees, by the way. We're going to get back to that, guys. But um, my family for my birthday one year got me a subscription to that uh, master class thing. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Mm -hmm. And there's like thousands of courses that you can take, video courses and stuff. And I watched the ones on barbecue and cooking, but then I watched Penn & Teller have a full course on magic. Wow. And it's really, really, really cool. It's basic stuff, sleight of hand stuff, a couple card tricks, but like, you know, ball disappearing. And you learn like two or three of them. And I'll tell you what, it's enough to, to, to wow my kids. And that's really all I'm looking for. <laughs> exactly. Like my 10 year old can't figure out how I'm doing it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm good, you know, and, uh, and that's all we want. But anyways, right. uh, back, back to the, the topic at hand. But before we do that, guys, uh, I want to let you know that you can give us a call and, and ask any questions that you might have in the area of ethics, value, religion, morality, and of course, apologetics and tonight's topic, 
What? Landscaping. Landscaping. <laughs> Ar- what? What is? What is the study? It's arb ar- arbory. Ar- Arbalus. Yeah. yeah ar- ar- arbor. Arbalus is a street. Arbalus. Arbory. Arborist. An arborist, arborist is somebody who arbors. Arbors. There Do they go. arbor? Or arbory. <laughs> I know we don't know what to talk Everybody's like, okay, I'm changing the station. Nobody knows what they're talking about over here. These guys. These guys. But anyway, if you want to give us a call, I I, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, 888-995-KKLA. That's 888-995-5552. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, it doesn't have to do with trees, but but uh, that's what we're talking about t- tonight. And before the break, we kind of discussed the importance of trees. We discussed that trees are mentioned in the in the scriptures more than certainly I was ever aware. And uh, you know, we talked a little bit about their their importance in the creation narrative. That their designs that they have certain features that that cry out design, so they point us to God. They're beautiful, which points us to God. Um, they they represent. Uh, Christ in certain circumstances, uh, and then there's the, the the I mean trees do an awful lot for us, and we're kind of asking that question. So so I want to turn this back over kind of to Daniel. Daniel, what are some of the things that trees do for us? Like why are trees important for us practically? Yeah, I would say you know what's interesting is that uh, that trees can survive without humans, but humans actually cannot survive without trees. And I mentioned this before how you know you need the trees that preceded you if when the early uh, early humans were s- multiplying, uh, moving out, selling in different areas. You needed trees there before you, or else you were not going to be able to yeah. live there. And, uh, you know, so we ne- definitely know trees provide oxygen. They remove, you know, take in carbon dioxide, remove air pollution. Which is like another design. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's like a natural HEPA filter. <laughs> there you go. That's really, that's a good way to put it. Uh, they provide, of course, all sorts of food. Um, and they provide food for animals um, and shade and shelter also. Mm-hmm. So then, then we can also, uh, we get food from uh, the, also the animals. They provide shade, uh, reducing surface temperatures in the summer. Of course, uh, all the shelter and homes for all the different animals, uh, birds, plants, insects. We, we you can't, there's just so many that, that need trees for their survival too. Um, they prevent erosion, and we, we found that out uh, definitely with all the rains in Southern California from all the burn areas, the, all the areas that were burned, um, that the trees unfortunately were burned because of the fires, and then they got all flooded and, and uh, all due to all erosion because of the trees, uh, or lack of trees there. And, uh, and then, of course, we talked about how they provide beauty. They actually, they've been doing studies in areas where there are more trees, they improve property values, they reduce crime. Yeah. And they actually reduce stress. Really? If you have more trees around you, the people are less stressed out. It's it, This is an interesting fact, actually. I remember studying. My major in undergrad was uh, criminal justice. And um, I remember reading about this and beautification projects, right? So when a city would get hollowed out, like uh, Detroit's a perfect example of this, uh, one of the things that the, the city would do, there would be nobody living in homes, nobody. And one of the first things they do is they go in and they plant trees. And, uh, and it adds right away, it adds value, uh, not just monetarily, but, but emotionally and physically. And then like there's benefits of it. It's, it's really interesting. So like um, there, there's always these, these big initiatives in, in urban areas to plant uh, trees. We, we oftentimes like open spaces is, is kind of the, the catchphrase in quotes, open spaces. But a major part of that budget is going towards planting uh, trees and buying well-established trees, which are expensive. 
um, to, to purchase, but then also relocate. Anyways, I, I know way too much about this. I shouldn't wow. know this much about this, but I do yeah. because because it, like uh, this this really piques my interest here. It does it it it, it raises um, kind of the bar, so to speak. On areas when one of the things you look for is like you you wouldn't move into a property that has a bunch of diseased trees or no right. trees on it at all. Yep. So why why is that? Is it just because it, it we're attracted to them? They they're calming. What what what's the genesis there? I think it's all above. I think it, it's uh, because of the what happens is, and you kind of know this if you're in these urban areas and there's no trees, you just it just yeah. doesn't you feel, feel, you feel right, stressed. Right? Yeah, you yeah. feel uh, yeah. I, I agree. And so and also I think it's just the shade it produces too. It just lowers the the temperature in that area, so it's not it's not as as uncomfortable, especially in the summertime. And actually, they actually provide warmth in the wintertime. It's just like access natural insulation, and so I think I think that's probably part of it. Is that you know you can walk to an area and you just know like no this doesn't this is not where I want to live. Yeah. And and usually is probably a common uh, a denominator would be the number of trees or the how the trees are in that area it's definitely an important factor and this is one of the reasons why i think it's important that uh that we should be speaking out about like environmental issues and actually i want to take a caller here because we have one on uh, on the line and having to do with with this issue itself uh hey doug are you are you with us yeah thanks thanks for taking my call yeah i had a question with for uh dr daniel i was talking to my wife uh and we we're just wondering why it seems like there's so few christians that seem to care about creation. I mean, it seems like it's always the humanists or the environmentalists that care about creation, but why do you, why do you think that the Christians seem to be kind of left the picture for that? I, I was just kind of curious about that. Yeah, Doug, that's a really good question, and I think, you know, I'm not sure I can say that there's just one obvious answer. I think there's, it's multifactorial. For one, one thing is, I think a lot of Christians feel like, hey, this is not our permanent home, okay? This is just temp- our temporary home, right? So, you know, if, if this is your temporary abode, then you don't really have to worry about it or care about it, and, and so on. And so um, I think that's one thing, is that because you think, well, this is not, you know, it's, it's not where I'm going to be uh, indefinitely, and it's, it's literally um, we're going to go be up in heaven with God uh, someday, yeah, we don't we don't have to care about. It. I think that's one thing. The other thing is because uh, Christians uh, are we're supposed to what uh, love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and love our neighbor ourselves. So in a sense, we're supposed to be loving our neighbors, and uh, they're humans, of course, and trees and uh, any other thing, animals, whatever, get to short thrift because they're not humans. And so that's why I think those are kind of two of the reasons off the top of my head. I mean. Yeah, uh, Eric, John, you can chime in, but I think those are some of the reasons why, why many "quote unquote" Christians, in a sense, aren't don't care about the environment as much. I, yeah, I think Eric. you're right. We we um, as Christians, I think we value human life, um, which we should very high, but I think we valued it at the expense of many other things that we should also be valuing. Um, maybe not quite as high as as human life, but still, we we we. We tend to focus on that on just on just people on just humans, and I think there is a bit of a like you said a bit of a um, uh, a mentality of, of you know I'm not going to be here. Let it let, let's let's use it all, yeah, and, and consume yeah. it all, and um, you know God will replace it, and it'll be time to, to you know when we when we go to the new heaven, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys on these answers. Um, I think what happens, uh, Doug, to be honest with you, I think people get distracted. But I think we get distracted by uh, the, yeah, we only have so much. Uh, bandwidth 
each person, mm-hmm. right? So we only have so many causes, so to speak, to take up, and uh, so we we have to pick wisely and and which ones we're gonna which ones we're gonna take up, and then. Something that we haven't mentioned yet is I often, oftentimes, for so, for one reason or another, Doug, just the fact of the matter, at least, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm open to correction, um, is environmentalism is often tied with the left, mm-hmm. and uh, the politically speaking and ideologically speaking. And many of us are afraid to kind of cross lines uh, when one issue or another is a typically held by one side that we're not camped in. We're afraid to cross over that line to touch on that issue. So it's it's a, it's a time issue, in my opinion, um, and it's also a fear issue. And and that's where I think that we could, uh, starting tonight even, break down barriers and say, you know what? Like God has told us to, uh, yes, subdue the environment, but he told us to be good stewards of it. Yes. And it's, and it's, uh, it's temporal. And, and so I think the attitude that oftentimes, and I think that this is a direct result, and people are going to kill me for this, but I think dispensational theology has had a, a, a detrimental effect on this. It's like the, the saying goes, you know, we're polishing, polishing the brass on the Titanic. It's all going to sink. It's all going to burn, right? And we have this mentality. And that might be true theologically speaking, you know, that, that might be true. But that's not what God meant when he said steward the planet. These things are temporal. They're special. They're unique. They're beautiful. They're signposts back to God. Uh, so we should be caring for them in in unique and, and special ways and valuing them. But uh, Doug, I'd like to know what you think. Like, why do you think uh, that we don't care? Or Christians? I don't know if you're a Christian or not. But why why do why do you think Christians don't speak up more about uh, these types of issues? Yeah, I think I you know from the last thing you mentioned, I think what all you guys are saying is is probably true. I'm, but I especially think politically, I think you're right. You know, I, I am a Christian, and and there does seem to be uh, definitely a, a a strong left bent towards environmentalism. Um, and I think also that just the mere fact, like everyone was saying, uh, you know, the focus is on the human life, the sanctity of life. And sometimes other areas and other issues do get sort of pushed, um, you know, maybe rightfully so, sort of to the side. But that seems to be so dramatic where, like you mentioned earlier, uh, when you're on a college campus and someone asks you a question about um, the environment, they're surprised that you say, yes, we need to take care of the environment. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be one and not the other. It can be both. And I think that sometimes Christians may not sort of lose sight of that fact. Yeah, and there's there's a couple issues. And this is, this is something that I'd love to see. Actually, maybe we'll do a couple episodes on this stuff because – as the political season starts to heat up, there are a few issues that I think that the Christians, that, that we Christians should be speaking into. Environmentalism is one of them. Immigration is another. Uh, the, uh, our ideas of justice and, and how justice is carried out in a culture. I think uh, that, the, that as we, and then, then know what the funny thing is, Doug, is, is as I mentioned this, there's people listening that are, st- that ask right now, they're asking in their minds, I wonder if John's liberal <laughs> where I'm not even close. You know what I mean? Like, but I just want to try to imagine what the world could be like if, if we could actually be honest with each other, not, not, not hold ourselves to ideological, uh, political ideologies, but hold ourselves to Christian ideologies. And when those Christian ideologies, uh, butt heads with our political ones, uh, the, the Christian ones should win every time. And, uh, and, and that's just, that's just what we need. We need to fight that fight. Um, but I, I think it's a good question, Doug, and, I, and I'm, I'm thankful that you uh, you asked him. And did did we answer it for you? Yeah, no, I think I think you did. And then even the last one you're mentioning, I mean, really, what it comes down to it is, 
is we need to really look to see what the Scripture says, right? Absolutely. I mean, we need to see what the Scripture says in terms of how we are to live our life. And, um, you know, I mean, I think that's something that maybe, uh, you know, the, the world doesn't realize, is that we as believers, we live our life according to what God's Word says. And yes. we don't live according to what some political value, or not value, but some political yes. ideology might dictate. We really need to look at how we live our life and what we do uh, based upon what God says. And I, I think that's something that, that as Christians we need to, to realize and, and take a, a firmer grasp of. Yeah, I yeah. think I think you're right on, Doug. Man, I appreciate you uh, listening this late hour. I think you said you were talking to your wife too, so thank her for us. And uh, give us a call back sometime. Sounds good. Thank All right. You. Thanks. Thanks, for answering. Thanks very much. Uh, man, the callers are the best part of this. Yeah, I'm dead absolutely. serious. Like, the, if, if you guys seriously, if you guys have questions, call and ask. It, it, ask Doug. It's not. It's not difficult. You know, you're on radio. Nobody can see you. Trust me. If you could see us, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be watching. <laughs> so it's like you know. It's we, like, we have faces for radio. Yeah, right? we have faces for radio. You know what I mean? And like, and we'd love to hear from you because. Uh, sometimes you guys are thinking things that, that we aren't, but we ought to be. So uh, give us a call, 888-995-5552, and, uh, and don't be afraid. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear you. And we just like knowing people are listening, too, so we're not just talking heads. you know. Um, but that was a great call. And, and I think, oh, man, like, I'm like a total, uh, it's funny, I'm like an I, idealist, I guess is the word. And I'm a dreamer. And uh, not in the John Lennon song. I can't stand that. Yeah. Imagine. Are you guys yeah. breaking into No, I can't stand that song. It's the worst song ever. Actually, I'm not a Beatles fan. I know. It's like, it's unbelievable. Uh, I think that was overrated. Anyways, uh, that's another show for another time. Uh, but, uh, but, but no, I, um, I, I think that if, if we, meaning we, the people who share my Christian convictions, could just be transparent and honest. Say, I don't know when you don't know. Give good biblical sound answers when you do, and uh, and then we could wrestle through these issues. I think we could make a lot of headway and make make this make the world a better place in general. You know, the the way I look at it is is uh, I, I I when I, every morning when I wake up the cup's half full. I see the world getting better, not worse. And I know that's probably in the minority, and especially in our culture today, especially when you when you survey Christians. I think right now. But I serve a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's ruling and reigning right now. He's whispering in the Father's ear, reminding him daily of the promises he's made to us. I'm a conqueror, is what the Bible says. That's not me. The Bible says that. I'm, we are now more than conquerors, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that, that, that the Lord of the universe has, has some, somehow chosen me and, and sent his son to die for me. Like, what, what can possibly go wrong? So, so with this attitude, number one, I can't be offended. Like, you can say whatever you want about me. Fine, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a, a right wing liberal. Okay, I mean it's not true, but fine. You can call me whatever you want. You know, you can call me a bigot. You can call me a homophobe. You can call me whatever. You know, I'm gonna stay true to my convictions because the things I just explained are true of of me, of who I really am. And should uh, and that can also lead me into these hard conversations and cross these political lines, especially about environmentalism, where I'm not talking environmentalism. Like Dan, you've mentioned it a bunch. This this I think it was, and it's been really good. It's just been passing. We're not worshiping the environment. And that's where we get in the trouble. The, the, the environment isn't for us to worship. God is. But the environment is something that's special. It's unique. We, we only have one world here, you know, so we should be taking care of it. And we don't know when Christ is coming back. Right. So it needs to last us until then. 
So anyways, I don't know what, where I'm going with well, that. You were just guys. talking about... Um, I'm just excited now you, about trees. You're talking about the, the, the pursuit of truth, though, I think, is really what you're talking about there. We as yes. Christians really need to pursue truth. And if, and if, we're, if what yes. we believe is wrong, we need to circle back and correct that. But it also means we need to be open to other people's um, suggestions and ideas and being able to cross those lines to, to talk to someone about environmentalism and, and, and agree with them and say, yes, we do need to... Uh, save the trees. We don't need to be bulldozing the entire Amazon forest, right? Yeah. For, for right, whatever reason. Right. Um, but there's also, well, we also need to save lives. We also need to provide shelter for people, and trees are the way we have to do that. One of the ways. One of the ways we have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know. Oh, go ahead. Andrew. I was just going to say there's, 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 just, there's a balance there. And I think that if you have an open discussion with someone, like you did with that student, um, we, we make inroads and we, we pursue the truth when we do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when you talk about the second greatest command, loving your neighbor as yourself, uh, uh, caring about the environment, caring about God's creation is loving your neighbor is part of it. Because when you take good care of the environment and allow uh, that your neighbor and so on to live in a better environment, a more sustainable environment, they're going to thrive. They're going to live better. You're actually loving them. And so, you know, these areas that are deforested uh, in, in the various parts of the world, um, those people are not living very well. And so when you go in and uh, there's, uh, I know of uh, some Christian organizations and one's called Plan With Purpose, and I'm not plugging them per se, but they, you know, they go in and they plant trees in that area, make that area more sustainable, make them be able to uh, be able to live off that land and so on. And they're living better lives. So it is loving your, your neighbor when you're doing that. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, we have another caller. Wow. So should we take him? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. You just popped up. Michael, Panorama City, man. Michael, are you with us? Yes, yes, yes. Hey, man. How are you doing this morning or th- is it this morning or tonight? I don't know which we one. We already man. talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're treading, we're, we're kicking a dead horse here. It's still tonight in, in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, it's still tonight in Hawaii. Right. You know, you have a, you have a question or a comment? What what do you got for us, man? Yeah, okay, I guess both. Like, okay, the question is um, the verse in, uh, what you guys think of the verse in in, um, in Revelation, I think is in, in what, 11, 8, 18? That says God will destroy those who destroy the earth. Um, would you think that? I imagine it includes trees and the nature taking care of nature. So this, and also what um, to what you guys said earlier, where people think that um, since trees are not, um, you know, they're concentrating on people, so you don't take care of trees, but because it's temporary this world is temporary but also our bodies are temporary we take care of it so if you kind of go one you you know so we have to take care of even what's temporary till god give us new body and a new earth we take care of the earth we live in so so what do you guys think of that you know the (laughs) revelation and then everything else i mentioned yeah. Does somebody want to take a stab at this first here? In the, in, in the I mean, my just my, my first impression of the I, I'm not familiar with the verse you're talking about. In Revelation. I've heard it. I just yeah, don't know. 11, the I think it's eleven eighteen. I think it's eleven eighteen. Yeah. It's so it's yeah. For the dead will be judged in the time to reward your bond servants, the the prophet and the saints and those who fear and name the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. I think that just means that w- those who are destroying the earth are going to be are going to destroy themselves. They're going to put themselves in a position yeah. where they're they're gone. They can't survive anymore. Whether that whether that it ends in a lightning bolt or just you know uh, uh, a bad environment, I don't know. 
Yeah. One other quick comment. Um, what about there's a verse in the Bible? I don't remember exactly where it says when you, but like when they besiege, they were Israel was told when they besiege a city that they shouldn't destroy, cut down their fruit trees. Yes. That's uh, you know God is very particular with a lot of different things like that. Well, that's uh, I mean, that's just the practicality of God too. You know, I mean, He's saying like you don't want to go cut these trees down. Why? Because we're taking land, and those trees are going to be beneficial for you. You know, so you're going to use them, and they're going to provide for you in, in the generations to come. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's great. I, I I fall in line with uh with Revelation, kind of eleven, um, with with what uh with Eric said. You know, I think that it's uh that that whole passage there is is about Christ's future reign, uh, foreseen, right? So so context is king. We got to read the entire context, and it's kind of uh, telling us what's going to happen, um, when when Christ comes back, and it's these people who who are just destroyers are going to be destroyed themselves. But I think that we, I mean, I'd have to do a bigger study on it, but I think you can extrapolate out of it, you know, the, uh, the, the care for the environment. Now where I'm not talking environmentalism in the same sense as like worshiping the environment, I'm talking environmentalism in that we care for what God has, has given us. We don't know. God has not pointed it to man to know when the son of man will return. Right. God has, God doesn't reveal that to Jesus. So we don't know. So in the meantime, we should be taking care of it. There was one other point that you made. And I forget what it was, though. It was, it was like, I think, sandwiched between your Revelation passage or maybe right before the Revelation passage. Did we address everything you you asked, Michael? About, about, the, body, about the body, we take care temporary. We yes. Temporary. I thought that was a really interesting parallel. I think it's a yeah, good point. Really good. Right? Our bodies are, are temporary in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll be resurrected again, but we're supposed to take care of our bodies. Why? Because they're temples of the Holy Spirit, right? Well, and the, the consequences are dire for, for you. If you don't take well, care of your body. Well, the consequences are dire. The, yes, the right? earthly consequences are dire. Yes. The, the, yes, the earthly. So the, but the earthly consequences of caring for a tree is not yes. quite as immediate. Is That's what right. I would say. That's right. Yeah. Although some people don't okay. necessarily care, take care of their bodies because they say, "I'm going to get a new, resurrected, glorified body in the future. I'm going to live like hell." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the pave it all. And I am definitely all. tempted <laughs> towards that life. By the way, like I will confess right now. But but hey, Michael, I think that's a poignant point. Okay. I, I I'm one I'm grateful comment, you brought it up. If I could make one last comment, absolutely. Um, I I I heard and I've heard it more than once that one of the the, the single best thing that people could do for the environment is is planting trees yeah that is there's no other thing with all the other stuff that people you know oil and you know fossil fuel and all that stuff just planting trees and i've seen it i saw a program where they they reforest an area that was desolated and it totally transformed the whole area the neighborhood and the whole city pretty much so it's yeah it's an amazing thing, and and they mentioned that like the the Amazon is like a, the lungs of the you know. So it's it's yeah. what you guys said about the carbon dioxide and oxygen with trees is so important. God, it's an incredible design. It is. So, it is so, important. Hey, Michael, we have to. We're we're up against our our, our end time, guys. but thank you for calling. God bless. God bless, God bless you too. And uh, enjoy. I see that you're on the line, but we've got literally thirty seconds left, so I'm gonna have to hold you off till maybe next time give us a call back though joy from costa mesa is calling she says that she's glad that we're talking about trees i'm glad we're talking about i'm trees. glad about that yeah yeah when, when when michael was just talking no one brought to my, my mind uh the scene in um so uh the scene in lord of the rings where the orcs and everybody they're cutting down all the trees and the land is just becomes desolate you know it becomes a wasteland it becomes the lands that that is that that's used for evil 
which is like, uh, which is so interesting that we're talking about all this. This has been really fun. Yeah, it's been really fun. This is crazy. Great. This is a great topic. Look what you've done, Daniel. <laughs> you've converted all of us on, uh, into tree huggers. <laughs> Good deal. Hey, man, I'm happy. I'm, I I, uh, I will embrace my trees when I go home. I'll speak kindly. I, I mean, I have, so I've got, I've got 18 fruit trees in my yard. Wow. Yeah. The guy, the people that we bought our house off of, they were, they were, uh, farmers. uh, not farmers, but landscapers. So we have all these mature, I mean, we've got avocados. My wife works in an avocado farm. Wow. You know, trees are, trees are important, man. They're, uh, it's, it's awesome. Whenever I'm, whenever I want an orange for my kid's lunch, I literally year round can just go outside cause I live in Southern, Southern California. My, my orange tree is always producing, you know, you pull off an orange, pull off a lemon, a lime and enjoy it. Awesome. This is good stuff, man. Daniel, thank you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Yeah, this is so great. You have to come back on. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Yeah. And hey, Eric, as always. It's great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I had a good good time. Good information, good topic. Yeah. And I I hope that you guys listening had a good time too, as much as a good time as we did. And uh, there's always next time too. So make sure that you tune in every week right here on KKLA. This is apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and think is to believe. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.